Hello everybody and welcome back to the Local Feed Show. My name is Azura and our guest today is Laura Francois. Um, Laura was the host at an event in Singapore called the Fashion Revolution. We briefly met yet I could feel her good energy and she exudes so much good vibes. I'm not even kidding, she's a hugger. Love her. She not only is a TED Talk speaker, she also wears many hats on a mission to make the world a better place and we truly love her for that. On this episode, we talk about uh, what is sustainable fashion, the importance of human connection, the meaning of closing the loop and how you as an individual matter to this universe. Before we jump right into it, remember... Be bold and stay inspired. So, without further ado, here is Laura Francois. Laura, thanks for being here. You're welcome. <laughs> it's really exciting to be here bouncing on a ball with you. <laughs> Yes, we want to say why we should know as well. Okay, um, tell us a bit about yourself. Is in because I first met you at Fashion Revolution at High Lavender. Tell tell us a bit about what you do and yeah. Well, I volunteer for Fashion Revolution Global, so okay. I'm the country coordinator in Singapore. Okay. So Fashion Revolution is just like a bit of a background. Mm-hmm. Is an NGO that's based in over a hundred countries around the world. Okay. And we advocate for ethical, sustainable fashion and transparency of supply chain for brands globally. So I take care of the Singapore chapter of that with an amazing committee of women. And we all work towards, um, I guess, just bringing awareness to the issues around the fashion industry. So when we met at Fashion Revolution Day back in April, that's kind of like the yearly event worldwide where all 100 countries participate in kind of raising that awareness and getting the conversation going. So that's my volunteer hat that I wear. Um, Otherwise, I consult in, uh, um, I guess, social innovation and social impact strategy. Um, Not just in the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I I have a deep focus and love for uh, very impact-driven projects. Um, so I do that, and I also am, I guess, the founder or director, whatever title you want to put on a project called Clothing the Loop, which is a circular economy project okay. uh, that's based out of Phnom Penh in Cambodia, and uh, we talk about different ways we can close the loop on fashion. Okay, that's yeah. very interesting. As in, okay, because I'm, I'm quite into sustainability. I mean, the, the, the common ones are usually like the recycle, reduce, the plastic, the food mm-hmm. waste is recently been brought up but it has been around for very long but fashion is actually quite new to me as in to be honest with you um, if I if I didn't uh, didn't uh, know of the fashion revolution right I wouldn't know that I mean I do know but it's not I don't think about it it's like at the back of my head mm-hmm. like, is it I mean why why fashion for you why clothing for you is yeah. that something it, it, it's funny because I I um I'm not a real fashionable person. Like, I'm not somebody who loves fashion or who spends my time on Pinterest or, like, (laughs) follows any, like... I don't even know... I mean, I couldn't even tell you five top fashion brands globally. I I wouldn't even know. So I'm not that type of person. I come from a... I guess I come from a human rights and sustainability background. And so that link between that and fashion could feel and look kind of loose. Like, how does somebody who, like, studied human rights Mm -hmm. 
go into fashion, mm -hmm. but to me, um, when I was when I was an undergrad and I was still studying, um, there was a lot of talk around plastics, of course, and we were talking a lot about you know rights to clean water, things like that. Um, and that's where I discovered something called systems thinking, okay. which is thinking of things in a broader scope. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about, for example, water and how every human should have access to clean water, well, when you break down that system and you look at it from a macro perspective, mm -hmm. you realize that it is actually closely linked to a lot of the things that um, require water to be produced. Yeah. And fashion, clothing is a huge one. And we underestimate how much, this is just an example for water, how okay. much water <laughs> requires to make and to dye all of the beautiful clothes that we love. Um, and so all of a sudden I had this like aha moment where I was like, oh my gosh, all of my shopping habits, it doesn't matter if I'm you know, majoring in human relations and sustainability and all of that, if I buy as much clothing as I'm buying, I'm actually, uh, I'm the biggest fraud ever okay. because it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like that, that is a link that we don't notice, but it's very, very closely tied. Okay. Um, and that kind of started my journey in, in really wanting to talk about um, issues around the fashion industry, um, labor rights, um, women's rights is a huge one for me personally, is we forget that the most, that all of the clothing that we buy, I mean 80, 80 to 90% of it is made by women. So there's a lot to be said in and around the fashion industry in the sustainability sphere, but also just in terms of um, the way, the way we think of the people who make our clothes. Um, and you're right, like not, not a lot of people don't realize this. Yes. It's not, don't, don't worry, it's not you're not, the, you're not the only one who didn't know, who didn't get the memo. Yeah. Um, because I think, and I think one of the reasons why we have kind of a hard time ramping the momentum and getting people to talk about it is because fashion is really fabulous. It's very, I mean, it's like glossy magazine covers, runways, and the hip music. It's all about that feeling of like, yes, I want to be part of it. And to kind of turn that around and say there's this ugly side to it is really hard to talk about because it requires you to break down all of the preconceived notions of what fashion is. And that's hard. Food is easier because there's not this like glamorous poster <laughs> about food. It, it's, it's less so. So I think that's why it's, it's been a bit slower to get that word out about, about clothing, about fashion, about our habits. Yeah. I mean, okay, okay. Looking back, so when when do you get started on this? As in, you you say you you were you had that aha moment during mm -hmm. undergrad, right? Yeah. So how long ago was this? As in, was it? Yeah. How long ago? Was yeah, it? I would say that that was about maybe twenty thirteen, okay. twenty fourteen, around there. Um, I had done. Uh, I was doing a, a master's course on nonviolent communication okay. in India. Okay. And that was the first time where I was in a producing country. It wasn't the first time I was in a producing country. It was the first time that I was cognizant and aware of the production that was going on in that city. Mm -hmm. And when I got home, it was kind of like, you know, every time I would buy a new shirt and it said "Made in India," I would just have this like reoccurring feeling of like. Well, there's something here that I'm not thinking about, or like there's 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 things that I'm not putting two and two together, and and I need to start thinking more holistically and being mindful about what I'm buying because I've been to that place that's creating this shirt. Yeah, okay. I don't know. It was just a very like, it's a very sensual thing. You're wearing it, right? I mean, it's covering your body. Okay. You, if you've been to the place that made that thing that's covering your body, mm -hmm. it's a very close relationship I find okay. and I think that's what kind of led me to actually the first step forward in, in into this whole like sustainable fashion journey 
was me just creating workshops around my hometown of Montreal to get people to upcycle their clothes. I would get people to bring their used stuff, mm -hmm. and we would have a tie-dye party. So mm -hmm. we would just dye stuff. I mean, sweat-stained T-shirts, okay. old underwear, like everything. Okay. We would just tie-dye it all together just to get people to keep using the clothes that they didn't want anymore. And that was kind of like my first step into this whole thing. I mean, is, is it easier for you? I mean, because you mentioned that you've actually visited a factory in India. Right? Yeah, I, mean, I, did, just, I didn't visit a factory, mm -hmm. but I was um, I was very close by to mm -hmm. to um, sites that were producing. Okay. So I was I actually witnessed like a lot of water being dumped, okay. dyes, things like that. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, okay, because I mean, I, I can I, I somehow because I'm vegetarian, so yeah. I stopped picking meat. So I can understand when you visually and you actually understand the the, the process and all behind it, you actually feel. You're actually taken aback. You actually feel that, you know, you just feel close, and you know there's something more that you can do in mm. order for you to, you know, give back in that sense mm. to to Mother Earth and stuff like that. So, but not everybody is like that. Yeah. Right. Not everybody will have that aha moment, or you know, uh, it is just too difficult and stuff like that. Taking, um, I don't know, taking. If people are habitual, right? If it's part of them. They're not. They they don't want to. Can I can I say that they yeah. they, do, they don't want to be aware of such things. So how how For do sure. you? Yeah, know, how do you deal with that? Yeah, how yeah. do you, I mean, have you ever encountered such? I mean, I'm sure you have. Oh, for sure. And even just on your point, like you're a vegetarian, mm -hmm. probably because you love animals mm -hmm. or something along those lines. I love animals. I love our planet. Yeah. I have not been able to keep to a hundred percent vegetarian diet. Why? Because I'm used to eating meat, mm -hmm. and I'm a creature of habit, mm -hmm. and. Um, there are times where I really, really crave it, mm -hmm. and so I eat meat. Okay. In the same way that um, if there's an amazing dress at a fast fashion store mm -hmm. that I absolutely love, that I know I will wear for five plus years mm -hmm. to come, I will buy it, even though it's from a fast fashion store that I know is producing it in a way that I might not be happy with. Okay. This is just to, I'm telling you this because it's not black and white. Mm -hmm. Sustainability is not check or not check. It's gray, yeah. various shades. It's 50 shades of gray. <laughs> it's 50 shades of sustainable gray. Um, and that's really, really important to keep in mind because, I mean, even if I were to convince you 100% that you should stop buying new clothes, the truth is all the fast fashion brands are still going to keep producing even though you, Azura, is not, are not buying new clothes, mm -hmm. right? That's just the reality. Yes. Really. So, so is it really about going hardcore, you know, I'm not going to buy anything unless it's organic, I'm not going to buy anything if it's fast fashion? Well, no, not necessarily because it's much more about changing, it's a paradigm shift. It's, mm -hmm. not, it's not trying to fix the status quo. Like okay. the system we're in just doesn't work. Yeah. So no matter how you tweak it, yeah. it's just not going to work. It's just going to keep going around and around. So we need to do an entire, um, we need to do an entire shift, okay. and that requires all of us to think outside of the box. Okay. Maybe it's not just about not buying fast fashion. Maybe there's another way to think about this. Okay. Um, it's going back to the drawing board, mm -hmm. and that's why when I talk to people who are completely ignorant or who don't want to even think about it or don't think it's their responsibility, mm -hmm. um, to me it's a good reminder that that's the majority of people. The majority of the people don't care. The majority of people won't do it unless it's easy. Because as a race, mm -hmm. we are very lazy. <laughs> Humans are inherently very lazy. So until we come up with a solution that's really easy, yeah. like for example, if I told you, 
10 years ago, that you'll be able to travel to, I don't know, Taiwan mm -hmm. and stay at somebody's house, a random person's house, mm -hmm. and pay them money instead of going to a hotel, yeah. you would have thought that I'm entirely insane, right? Yeah. And now we have Airbnb. Yeah. That completely reshifted the, the entire system mm -hmm. of staying at hotels. Okay. The same thing has happened with fashion. It's not that we need a new hotel. It's mm -hmm. not that we need a new brand to save us all. Mm -hmm. We just need to reshift. Okay. Yeah, if that makes any sense. Yes, it makes. I mean, it makes perfect <laughs> sense to me. Okay, I'm gonna talk about a bit about um, Unleash. I mean, um, yeah. because you you participate Unleash, but I'm gonna go back a bit. I mean, just in case because you mentioned uh, fast fashion. Yeah. In case for people who don't know what fa fast fashion, if you can just share with us what, yeah. what is fast fashion. So to give you a super brief condensed history in Laura's words. Okay. Um, <laughs> Back when our moms were buying clothes, or even our grandmas were buying clothes, okay. they would maybe have like maybe six outfits in their closets. Mm -hmm. And clothing brands and designers would produce um, four times a year, spring, summer, winter, fall, right? They would yep. have production cycles. Fast fashion is the new way of producing where there are, I think there's more than 36, don't quote me on this, okay. but okay. every two weeks, mm -hmm. they'll probably come up with a new design okay. and release new products. Okay. So that means that in two weeks, a brand has to design, mm -hmm. produce, mm -hmm. and get that onto the shelves of stores worldwide. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Like when you think about the fact that it might be designed in Oslo, mm -hmm. produced in Cambodia, the fabric comes from China, and then it goes on the shelves in America, yeah. that is super fast. And so that requires a lot of energy, a lot of transportation, a lot of strategy around all of that. So that's fast fashion. It's all the stores that when you walk into it, if you notice new things yeah. and you were there two days ago, it's a fast fashion store. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to tell. <laughs> okay, okay. Have you ever felt disheartened or you felt like, yeah, fudge this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, catch me every Saturday morning. That's that's usually when the week hits me and I'm like, fudge this, <laughs> not worth it. Um, but I think every single person who's ever made a change in the entire history of the universe has had a fudge this moment <laughs> or have has had it on a daily basis. Yeah. So I don't think that that's something to be... Uh, kind of dis disappointed that oh like I'm feeling this way um I do I do think that it's very overwhelming going back to this idea of systems thinking right that everything is interconnected um that if we talk about food waste mm -hmm. very quickly we can talk about fashion very quickly we can talk about wastewater management right like it's all all in a giant system yeah. So the good thing and the bad thing is that it's very overwhelming because everything is connected and yeah. just because you fix, for example, if you dedicate your entire life to fixing the plastic straw crisis, mm -hmm. yeah. if you go on vacation every month and take a flight, you are still wasting more than all of the straws that you are saving, right? When you talk about impact. Yes. So so when you think of things that way, you go, oh my God, like, like <laughs> Like, what is, what is life, right? What is the point? What is the point, right? There's so many of those moments. But at the same time, because everything's interconnected, think about it. A small shift in one part of the system dealing with one problem can actually affect, it's a domino effect. It could affect the entire system. So just by changing one thing in one aspect. So when we talk about, when we're going to talk about Unleash and the Sustainable Development Goals, but those goals that were put out um, there, there are gender equality, there's you know, um, um, zero hunger, there's all these goals. The, the great thing is that they are all interrelated, and when you work on one goal, there, there is a residual effect that will affect the other goals. And so when you think of it that way, just because I'm working on fashion doesn't mean that I'm not working on women's rights. Yeah. I am. Mm -hmm. 
you know, even though it's not plastered on my forehead or on my LinkedIn, like, I am. And just as you were talking about, you know, these topics with women and, and, and change makers, like, your ripple effect is much larger and longstanding than you might even imagine. So I think that that's the way I get out of the fudge that moment. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way that I, I personally try to get by. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's very, I mean, it's very insightful because, yeah, the system, as in everything is kind of like inter connected in a sense. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's an interesting perspective of how you look at it. Yeah, I mean, in the sense that everything, I mean, going back to like consumption, we're talking a lot about consumption because we're talking about fashion, but everything comes from the planet and will go back to the planet at some point. I mean, a shirt, even if it's made out of polyester, that polyester was made from something, was made from something, created from something, and you go back to the tree that was eventually cut down to make which is a true story, by the way. <laughs> Trees are cut down to make fibers. So when you think of it that way, I mean, if you're a guy working on deforestation, you are working on fashion as well. Mm-hmm. So that's really important, That the fact that everyone who's working to make these goals happen and to progress this movement, mm-hmm. we're all collaborative, actually, even though you don't realize it. Okay. Yeah. One way or another, you guys are kind of interlinked. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's totally. a big, big, bigger picture. Bigger picture. Bigger picture. Like, I'm I'm a firm believer that planet Mars, even though, like, we're trying to get there and populate that planet because we've, we, we're we like, this planet is already screwed over. I don't believe that's true. So so I think this interconnectedness and the fact that we are working together is really important. And, like, we won't need Mars. We will not need Mars. We will yeah. not need planet B. We'll no. just stick to planet Mother Earth. Plan A. Yes. yes. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna talk a bit about your unleashed. How was that? I mean, that was that must have been such an experience. Uh, so tell us a bit more about unleashed. Yeah. What is unleashed? Unleashed is um, so. This is the second year that unleashed happens. Mm-hmm. The first year uh, was in Copenhagen, okay. um, and it's basically think of like a hackathon. So so think of like a week long. Uh, period of time where people come together and work on specific problems and try to hack them and okay. try to figure out solutions and ideate. Um, this Unleashed is, is, is um, in collaboration with the United Nations for their development goals, mm-hmm. so these, these 17 goals that we have. Um, Unleashed brings together over a thousand thought leaders and youth from around the world to uh, gather around specific goals. So you choose your goal and you come together and you meet people from all over the place who okay. are, are working on that goal in a different way than you are and you come together and you try to hack a solution okay. and so it's very intense it's, um, <laughs> it was eight days of like very little sleep and just trying to you know get on the same page with yeah. people that you have very different experiences speak a different language um, and collaborate like yeah. this whole idea of like mm-hmm. you can collaborate on a million different things when you're actually sitting down in a room together um, and so Unleash happened in Singapore this year, which was really exciting. So Singapore was home to a thousand people to come and talk about these these goals. Um, and my team was awesome, and we focused on the fashion industry, okay. um, the fashion industry in China specifically. Mm-hmm. And we kind of hacked away a, a solution to the transparency of supply chain that's really needed. Okay. The reality of of fashion today is that most brands don't know how and where their stuff is made. Okay. They know of the country. They're like, oh, our stuff is made in China, but we don't really know which factory, or if we do, we don't really know how they produce. Okay. So, yeah, so our solution was in and around a way to help those brands figure that out so that they can mitigate environmental and social crises okay. that happen in those factories. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, so... Uh, sorry, I lost my thought. 
That's okay. Right. I just I just vomited a whole bunch of information. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how I mean, okay. So okay, going back to Unleash, right? So yeah. So it, you mentioned that random strangers just come together. So okay, how do you how do you know? Are they going for the same goals or you just No it's so just like speed dating kind of thing? <laughs> I mean, kind I of <laughs> kind of. So it's really interesting. So um, what Unleash does is okay. like once you've applied and you get in, mm-hmm. you choose which goal that you want to work on. Okay. So it's typically a goal that you're already focused on. Okay. Um, so mine was sustainable development goal twelve, which is about responsible supply chain and consumption. Okay. So I was paired with all kinds of people from around the world who also are focused on that goal, and then we form teams of five or six. Okay. Um, so that's kind of how it works. And the great thing is that you uh, get to meet people who are working on other goals mm-hmm. and kind of share resources as well. Yeah. So, for example, if you're working on some responsible supply chain, but you're focused on maybe like water sanitation in the production of the stuff that we buy, you can go with the clean water uh, SDG goal and kind of share ideas and like work on things together. So that's how it, that's kind of how it works. Okay, it's interesting. And you uh, you mentioned earlier that you won. Yes. Yeah, so so how's we, that, what's that? Okay, so how's that? <laughs> so, so what happens is um, there's kind of like a there, there's two, there's there's like a gold and a silver medalist, I guess, from each SDG goal. Um, we didn't win either of those, but we did have the opportunity to, we were approached by a um, incub- like an incubator, like an accelerator in Singapore to take our idea forward. So for us, that's like winning. It's like we're able to keep working on this project. So okay. that's really exciting for us. Okay, so can I just check? Okay, so the your team members, mm-hmm. are they local? No, okay. not at all. We have a teammate in... Um, <coughs> Close to Guangzhou, we have one uh, who's in San Francisco, another okay. one in uh, the Netherlands. So, and they're going to be here? They, hopefully, they will be here joining me so we can work on this. Okay. Yeah, either way, we're working on it with the power yeah. of the interwebs, but, <laughs> but until the time we can actually be in person okay. again. So. So, yeah. so you're gonna be you're gonna be sticking around. Sticking I'll be around. sticking around. Yeah, they're not getting rid of me just yet. <laughs> <laughs> Still gonna be here. <laughs> she, isn't she amazing? Like, yeah. I know. Right. Guys, stop making me nervous. No, <laughs> no, but okay. To, to be honest with you, I mean that's that's why that's why I mean I'm very very blessed and grateful to have you here because we were like oh my god, it's like you you do this. I know you do other things, right? But you also volunteer your time to actually do do something that you believe in. Woman power. <laughs> okay. That um, was filmed, was it? Sorry? <laughs> sorry, that was filmed. I forgot the cameras were so long. It's okay. <laughs> Don't worry. Okay, um, okay, we talk about sustainable fashion, right? Is it um, is it accessible in Singapore, let's say? I mean, not, not Singapore, Asia. Like, in Asia, yeah. <clears throat> um, okay, but for me to ask, answer that question, mm-hmm. it requires me to define sustainable fashion, okay. right? And <laughs> there's so many different ways you can think about yeah. this, right? Okay. Sorry, so, it's a, it's a, I know it's... Okay, okay. No, 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 it's a, really, it's a really good question because okay. a lot of people ask me that. They're like, oh, I want to be more sustainable. Like, what do I do? But I live in Asia. Um, I'm Canadian, mm-hmm. and me coming from Canada to live in Singapore mm-hmm. was tough on that end because there are a lot more options where uh, I was living before. And what I mean by that is, to me, sustainable fashion was secondhand. Mm-hmm. To me, anything that was already produced mm-hmm. is free for all for me. So I could, what I was doing is I was shopping at uh, thrift stores mm-hmm. and second pre-loved stores and secondhand places. And there are a lot of them uh, back home. Uh, in Singapore, there are a few. There's New To You. There's, um, yeah, there's, there's a few around, Salvation Army. Um, but 
I think what's different is that the mentality around pre-loved clothes mm -hmm. is very, very different. Mm -hmm. um, it's less of like a treasure hunt and finding something cool and like vintage and like something that no one else has. Here, I think um, the, the trend is still to follow what the large fashion houses are doing and to follow those trends. That's not bad either. It's just a different, it's a different style. Um, and that just means that, unfortunately, a lot of the stuff in the secondhand market is not as interesting to the, to the mass. Um, that's one way of looking at secondhand. Another, uh, sorry, the sustainable fashion. Another way of looking at sustainable fashion is uh, the brands that are doing a really incredible job at um, bringing together fashion products that are uh, ethically sourced, you know, um, that are made uh, locally, and they, they, they have a hands-on view of, of who the people are who are making them, and also are really interested in um, using sustainable fabrics. Okay. The problem with that is sustainable is a spectrum, like we said. Fifty Shades of Sustainable Grey. Um, so when people are like, oh, well, what's, a, what's like a sustainable fabric that I should be looking for? Well, there's a whole bunch. I mean, there's tensile, there's like bamboo, like there's, all, there's a whole bunch of them. But the truth is like when I said before that everything comes from Mother Nature, it still comes from Mother Nature. Like if you buy organic cotton, mm -hmm. organic cotton still requires a shit ton of water. I don't know if I'm all saying shit. Uh, uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> organic cotton requires a lot of water. Okay. And so for you to say like, oh, I'm going to buy like 50 sh shirts that are from organic cotton. Well, sorry girl, like you're still, you're still using a lot of water by the creation of that shirt that you're buying. Okay. So sustainable, like I said, is a spectrum. Mm -hmm. So you have to think of it as like Yes, there are things that are better than others, mm -hmm. and it's good and interesting to know what those things mm -hmm. are. And they are accessible in Singapore. That's what I was going to mention. Okay. They are accessible. There's some local brands mm -hmm. like the Source Collection or Essie, um, uh, Zai. I mean, there's a whole bunch of brands that are doing a good job at making those things available. But they're few and far between, and fashion is something really difficult because it's personal, right? So if your style is to wear a black tee yeah. and pink pants, yeah. if you don't find an ethical fashion store that provides that, yeah. I'm sorry, but you're not going to want to buy a polka dot frilly <laughs> dress, right? You don't seem like the type who would want to buy that. And so what are you going to do? You're going to sacrifice your own like feeling of well-being and mm -hmm. feeling of self just to buy a sustainable dress? Well... No, because you're not going to like it. You're not going to wear it. So what's the point? Okay. So it's available, but I don't think it's available enough so that the mainstream mm -hmm. feels like there's options for them that really reflect who they are. Because that's what fashion's about, right? It's like reflecting who we are. And that's why this is so difficult. Because unlike food, you don't judge me if I eat tomatoes versus like cabbage. It's, you don't care. Yeah, but if I wear right. purple frilly dress versus black t-shirt, it gives you a totally different impression of who I am. Okay. And that's why it's been so hard for people to kind of jump onto this whole movement because there isn't that much out there in Southeast Asia, in Singapore, I would say. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, does it go back to education in that sense to to share? Because again, like I wouldn't know that you know, sustainable fashion. I mean, yeah, it there is such a thing. Mm -hmm. Or is it? Does it go back to education? Or you know, like just you know, just having conversations about you know, there there's such thing as sustainable. I mean, you everything can be done. Everything has to be done in moderation, right? Like yeah. let's say, I I won't have like five ten, you know, shirts and stuff like that. Yeah. So, Starting conversations? For sure. I mean, and that's what Fashion Revolution in Singapore is trying to do, um, you know, just start those conversations. But it's a two-way street. I think 
if if your black shirt costed you seventy five sing dollars, mm-hmm. would you buy five of them? Probably not. Yeah. You would probably buy one mm-hmm. that you would wear as much as you can, and when you really can't wear it anymore, you buy a new one. Mm-hmm. That's how fashion used to be. Mm-hmm. It was expensive yeah. because that's the true cost. It's actually expensive. Um, when things are too cheap, somebody somewhere is missing out. Either somebody's not getting paid properly, mm-hmm. um, the farmer who's growing the cotton maybe, or the person who's actually sewing, or everybody, maybe everyone is getting a bad end of the deal. Mm-hmm. And so when things are that cheap, no wonder we're buying so much. Mm-hmm. So it's not just education. Like I, n- I don't think it's just about, oh, as consumers, we need to be super aware and talk about this. Well, like I said, we're lazy. <laughs> we, do what we, we buy what's in what's front of us, what's convenient. And so I think brands also have a huge responsibility to, um, to I mean, like I said, if it's $75, we're not going to buy as much. And so everyone has a responsibility to do their part to kind of change the way that the system has completely screwed over so many people in the process of the creation of the stuff that we wear. Okay. Yeah. But why though? As in, I know it's, I mean, I know it's a very difficult question to answer, but why are like, I mean, like the companies and stuff making mass numbers of shirts that might not even because like you mentioned right everything is seasonal right mm-hmm. in profession and stuff like that right as in how do we how can we as individuals I mean again kind of like stop not stop that but kind of prevent that in that sense that mm-hmm. you know for to, to, to send a bigger message to maybe bigger companies and yeah. stuff like that so well I mean why do you think why do you think fashion I mean why do you think all the stores on Orchard have new things so often because people are buying new things so often. I mean, it's not, it's not like the store was like, oh, I think this year we're going to create a new shirt every two weeks. I mean, they, that's crazy. That's, that's actually a lot of work for them to do, right? And it puts a lot of pressure on everybody in between. So it's not the brand's fault. It's not the manufacturer's fault either because they're getting pressured by the brand. Produce more, produce more, produce more, quicker, quicker, quicker. It's not their fault. It's not the poor farmer at the end of the line. But it's also not our fault because we have been conditioned to think that that's normal. So going back to this, I love systems thinking. You're going to realize this by the end of the conversation. But going back to systems thinking, um, the great thing about systems thinking is you can't place blame Mm -hmm. because we're all part of the system. Mm -hmm. And so you blame one person, you blame everybody. That's right. So that's my way of approaching this, is that we have been conditioned to buy more, so the brands are producing more. And so everybody along their supply chain is being kind of squeezed. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not kind of squeezed, very much squeezed. <laughs> um, so it's a, two, it's, it's a relationship between consumer and, and brand. And if we start asking for less, mm-hmm. and we don't want as much, or that we want better quality, um, and by better quality, I mean you're going to buy a really great shirt and wear it for as long as you can and you won't need as many. Mm-hmm. The brands will respond and they will produce less. I mean, this year it, was, it made the news, it was a huge scandal that H&M uh, wasn't able to sell all of their stock okay. and had warehouses overflowing with stuff because people weren't buying as much this year. Okay. I mean, that's a good and a bad thing in the mm-hmm. sense that now they have to figure out what to do with yeah, that, but things right. have slowed down. I think things will start to slow down. It's just up to brands to figure out how to slow that down in a way where, A, it won't cut and destroy jobs of all the people in their supply chain, because that's another thing to think about when you think of that system. Our fast fashion habits have enabled economic growth in places where it's been quite devastated. Mm -hmm. So that's important to also note. You don't want to start pulling out production from everywhere, because there's entire countries whose GDP relies on that. 
So I think it's like it's that balance. It's that very, very careful balance, and it can't happen all at once. Still find a sweet spot, right? Sweet spot. That's, that's the tough one, right? Yeah. And I think it all it has to do a lot with the fact that you know we um, we have to remember that everything that's produced, everything that's ever been produced in terms of fashion items, mm-hmm. if it hasn't been like shredded and destroyed, it's still on the planet. So you can buy something that was made in the 1960s, okay. and because it was made in the 1960s, it was probably really good quality. Mm-hmm. We have to just start being okay with wearing things that are already here. Mm-hmm. And the good news is that fashion is cyclical. Yeah. Bell bottoms already came back once. I mean, that's pretty, I mean, we're, I'm seeing styles on the street now where I remember the Spice Girls wearing that type of thing. Okay. So it comes back. It comes back and back again. So the okay. good thing is that stuff is already out there. Okay. It's about remembering that stuff first mm-hmm. yeah okay i mean what would be your advice to consumers i mean some not, not advice but you know if they want to do their part in that sense right how yeah. what can they do yeah stop drop roll out of the store <laughs> <laughs> simple words <laughs> no when you're about to buy something and it's okay. something that i have to do believe me i'm not like the angel of sustainable fashion who has come down on the world to like tell people how to do things because okay. i'm still struggling like it's a daily struggle okay um i i think when you're about to buy something a check where it's made not because of that actually matters or will do anything, but if you know that something is made in Cambodia, mm-hmm. Cambodia is not too far from Singapore. You can fly there cheap on scoot. Mm-hmm. When you have an, a, a location in mind, mm-hmm. all of a sudden mindfulness starts dripping in. Okay. You're, you're looking at a shirt and you're going, oh, it's made in Cambodia. Okay, great. You've taken step one, you know where the thing is made. Okay. Second thing is, um, do you really, really need the shirt that was made in Cambodia? Like, do you really need it? Are you going to wear it more than 30 times? Okay. If you can't promise this shirt that was made in Cambodia that you won't be able to wear it for 30 times, mm-hmm. don't buy it. Okay. There is this rule that had been circulating around. It's, I forget what the hashtag was. It was like 30 wears or something. Okay. But it's true. Mm-hmm. If you can guarantee you'll wear something at least 30 times, mm-hmm. which doesn't even seem like a lot, mm-hmm. that already can curb a, a huge amount of just general uh, uh, waste that will happen by you purchasing more stuff. Okay. So the simple advice is just ask yourself that before you buy it. Okay. It's, 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 it sounds really stupid and mundane, but we never stop to think about it. It's such an impulse thing. Fashion is so impulsive. Actually, it's true, right? I mean, when you go shopping, you don't even need it sometimes, right? Yeah. You just say, oh, okay, this looks nice, and then you just pick it up and you just buy it, right? Well, it's just like telling somebody who's like, trying to stop eating so much sugar in their lives. It's like you eat sugar. I mean, I, I eat it out of boredom. I eat it when I'm happy. I eat it when I'm like telling myself I did a good job today. Eat more sugar. Like, I don't know. Like, it's the same type of thing. Our brain just loves it. Okay. Our brain loves shopping. Our brain loves new things. So, but ask yourself that simple question. And, and Fashion Revolution has a really interesting campaign called mm-hmm. Who Made My Clothes? Okay. And all that is about is asking the brand if you don't know who made that shirt so let's say you're at Zara and you're looking at a shirt and you're going okay it doesn't say anywhere like it just says Bangladesh but it doesn't say anywhere about um, the human rights um, the the conditions of the factory on their website there's nothing about all of that take a photo of yourself a selfie with that shirt tag Zara and ask hey Zara, hashtag who made my clothes. Okay. And what we've seen is in the last, actually this year, we had over 150 brands respond. Uh, mm-hmm. These are big fast fashion brands, the one you would recognize off of Orchard, 
And they're responding because enough people are asking, okay. and so they're being more conscious about telling consumers where things are from, how things were being made. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't mean you can or can't buy it. It just means that if you're going to buy it, make sure that the brand knows that you're curious mm-hmm. as a consumer okay. because they might start changing the way that they do their production. Okay, that's interesting. Where, where, what's it called again? Uh, where, who, who, made, made my who made my clothes? Who made my clothes? Yeah, okay. yeah. That's interesting. Because it's also another way of study conversation trying to sense yeah. absolutely I mean we're not we're not placing blame on brands you know brands aren't the bad guys brands are doing what they think is we want yes. right like, yes, yes, that's true. so so it's not like like I said before like no one's to blame it's just about having that conversation and telling them what we need and mm-hmm. if what we want and need as consumers is for things to be made in a proper way that does not destroy the planet does does not disregard people in that supply chain then we should start demanding it because yeah. they'll do it yeah actually it's true because they they, they really don't know what like what we want, right? I mean, we just silent conversations. Of course. Maybe we to ask them. They would, yeah. You're voting with your dollar. Yeah. You're you're by buying that shirt. You're telling the brand it's okay that you made this and you don't know the woman who made it and that you didn't pay her fairly. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, I don't mind. I'll buy it anyway. But if you buy it anyway and ask them, mm-hmm. they'll feel like, oh, okay, we need to start thinking differently, or else we're going to start losing that customer. Yeah, very sneaky. <laughs> very sneaky, but very effective. Yes, that's right. <laughs> You're doing something that is, I don't know, it, it's hard, it's tough. It really yeah. is tough. I mean, in that sense, it's, I mean, I, I kind of feel you in that sense that, you know, every day, it's how are we going to do this? Like, what, what, what's the point sometimes, right? Yeah. But you just got to keep on, keep on and do it. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I think, like, it's funny because you, you you realize that taking, like, you, you could just take a corporate job. Like, I always think, like, I could just take a random job and, like, do whatever, you know? Like, <laughs> like it, there's nothing stopping me from just doing that. Yes. But once you've felt that thing, mm-hmm. that little hook, and you feel so deeply unhappy doing anything else because you feel like it's going against yeah. that thing, mm-hmm. I almost am so grateful for that because... If not, I would have just given up like a long time ago and yeah. just done something else, yeah. you know? Yeah. So in a way, like, it's a love-hate relationship with that thing. Yeah. So when you mentioned that, I kind of feel it in a sense. Like, yeah. like anyone else, everyone else would say, you can just get a job. But the thing is, it just doesn't, it, it, it just doesn't sit with you, right? It's like, you know, it, it bugs you. Yeah. Like, it bugs me if someone, uh, the little, little things in a sense that, but it's okay. Again, mm-hmm. it's starting the conversation yeah. that, that it will help and stuff. It's like planting seeds. It is planting seeds. It is planting seeds. Like, I have full confidence in this generation of people. Like, I'm not trying to, like, yeah, our generation is going to, like, rock the boat. But I really, I really feel like it's a, like, we have no, we have no reason not to. Because transparency, when you're talking about Instagram, right? Like, it's all about, like, looking into somebody's life and having an inside scoop, right? And so just that fact means that there's no excuse for people to be transparent about a lot of other things as well. Because we love it. Our generation loves it. Like we love the fact that it's like uncut and raw and the real deal. Great. So ride that desire of wanting that into everything else. Because because if not, there's the there's the real danger of, of and there's even even now there's that real danger of like Instagram feeling like the truth mm-hmm. and brands using that to their advantage to cover up even more things. I mean, like, with the good, there's always yes. the next, you know, the next bad. Yeah. But but I think just the fact that we 
thrive on that transparency means that businesses in every industry are going to have to really, really catch up mm -hmm. to, to us, yeah, which yeah. is great. Which is yeah. great. Yeah. 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 This is awesome. All right. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. To the fun stuff. Okay? The fun stuff. The fun stuff. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, okay. This is more like your, your personal thing. Okay. So um, I wanted to ask you, what's, what's something that people don't know about you? that you're really proud of. That I'm really proud of? Yeah. <gasps> okay, little secret. Okay. That's not so secret anymore. Not <laughs> when I listen to a song, okay. I only need to listen to it maybe once, maybe twice, okay. to know all the lyrics. Seriously? Yeah, it's this weird thing okay. where I'll just be like, in the shower, like I can hear like a song in the background. I maybe heard it once, and I can just sing the whole thing, and I know all the lyrics. I don't know if that counts for something really proud. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> we should, we should, we should test it. Out. Oh, no, 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 no testing, no testing. No, my so in another lifetime, okay. way way back when, okay. I actually studied uh, theater and okay. musical theater. As okay. That 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 was going to be my life trajectory okay. was to do theater, and I think for some reason the one thing that has left that had stayed has stayed with me just. Is just the fact that like I can memorize like songs and lyrics and like words really really well. Okay. I'm quite proud of that. Okay. I mean like if ever I'm on Jeopardy and I really need to like know that I don't know like maybe it'll come and serve some use. That's very interesting. Maybe yeah. That's the only thing I can think about. Okay. okay. So, so that's, that's not what you were expecting. No, no, no. It's, it's just you. It's, it's all so good. cool. Like yeah. you probably will win. Like you know, don't forget that your lyrics. Their lyrics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, what is your most humbling experience? It doesn't have to be about fashion, any, anything yeah. that you can think of that you would like to... Well, I mean, the thing that's most fresh in my mind mm -hmm. is Unleash. Okay. Um, because it was eight days of meeting people who... Okay, well, in Singapore specifically, like there's an amazing group of people who are working on sustainable development. But... Working on sustainable development in Singapore is very different from working on sustainable development in Kenya or in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. um, it's meeting individuals who are facing the statistics that I talk about all the time with people in Singapore and is, was extremely humbling. Um, and that, I guess that can sound kind of weird, but, but it's, it's really just the fact that um, I've kind of forgotten by being here for the last two years, um, what those goals actually mean mm -hmm. for a country like Singapore that's extremely developed mm -hmm. versus a country that is still developing. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, like, it reminds me so much that the, the experts, the people who really know mm -hmm. those issues are the people who are facing the issues. And they don't have to be an academic. They don't have to be someone who's spoken on TEDx. They don't need to be somebody who has a blog or even knows how to use a phone. Yeah. Those are the people that are the experts. And it's an extremely good reminder for me mm -hmm. and humbling for me mm -hmm. to remember that those are the individuals that should be in a democratic conversation about how to think about sustainability. Okay. One of the things that was said at Unleash that really resonated with me is that those goals, mm -hmm. the sustainable development goals, are meant 
to happen to leave no one behind. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that it's not the people who are forging the way. Mm -hmm. It's the people who need to follow Mm -hmm. and the people who are experiencing things in the following of that Mm -hmm. that need to be included in the creation of the solutions, that need to be included in the ways that we forge forward, Mm -hmm. leaving no one behind. Because we can get really wrapped up in like, Oh yeah, so like I, you know, I work in sustainable development or I work in circular economy, and so I'm going to talk about how to make that happen in Singapore with, you know, the high levels, the people who work at all of these, you know, large industries. Um, and yeah, that's important, but like you, yeah, it's really even more important to remember like who who are the people who we might be forgetting in that process, mm-hmm. because development is not for people who can afford it. Sustainability is not for people who can afford it. It's actually the other way around. And so back to your question earlier about, is sustainable fashion like accessible in Singapore? Mm -hmm. It is, but it's expensive. Mm -hmm. Like I can't afford most of the things that I would love to buy that are sustainable and ethical and that Mm -hmm. I agree with those brands ethos, I can't. Mm -hmm. And so what does that say, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think my experience at Unleash in talking about those those topics with those individuals was really, really a good reminder. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's that's gonna stick stick with me for a bit. <laughs> cool. It stuck with me. So let's keep sticking. <laughs> yeah. Just keep hoping. Yeah. Hopefully after this, we'll stick to more people. Stick to a whole bunch of people. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh. Earlier on, I mentioned about. I mean, I asked you, like. What, okay, so now I'm going to ask you, what is your why, right? Mm. How, do you, how do you get up every morning? What is your why? What is your why every day? Yeah. What is your why? That's a really, really hard question. I was hoping you weren't <laughs> going to ask me that one. <laughs> no, but I think it's, I think it's, it's important. It's think really it's important. important. It is really important. Um, and it's something that I, like, my partner, I mean, my partner's really good at getting down to people's whys and helping them understand their whys. Okay. And he's tried to help me, and I have failed every time to come to something really concrete. Um, because I think it changes as well. It changes with, like, as your, you know, your brain expands with knowledge, your whys can change. Um, and I think it has changed for me over time. But the one thread, I guess, if I'm going to talk about the one thread that's kind of pulled through everything, even wanting to do theater so badly and thinking that that was my life's mission, and veering off to, like, human rights, and then veering off, like all of those veering off, the one thing that held it all together was that I am I'm such a believer that human connection is our superpower. Can I like, high five? Yeah! <laughs> that is the superpower. Yeah, like, when you yeah, feel there, right, yeah. like, that, like, warmth yeah. that we're generating, yeah. like, that's, that's our, super, our collective superpower. And, and so, I don't know, like, there's something about, like, you know, sustainability, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. is not a planet thing. It's a human thing. Yes. It's not about Mother... I mean, it is about Mother Earth. <laughs> but, like, it's a lot more than just that. It's, it's a human thing. It's about how we interact with the planet. Yeah. Uh, hunger, dealing with hunger, is about how we interact with the fact that there is food available or not food available. Everything is about how we interact. And that, to me, is, like, my why is about making sure that we continue interacting. Because I think we've created the problem mm-hmm. through our interaction. And we're going to find the solution through our interaction. <laughs> wow. So okay. that's my why. I don't know if... I'm going to have to rewatch this when this is over <laughs> and see if that actually was the right thing, but I think it's close. No, I... Okay. Yeah. Wow. 
there's a wine. It's, it's a very strong wine. I, 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 I feel you. I feel you. You feel me? You feel the connection? Yeah, I do. I do. I think that's the reason I, I really feel, feel you. I felt you. I felt you. Thank you. Okay. Okay, I think it's, it's I think is this is this fun? Every time we, we do the fun section, they, they always say it's so tough. <laughs> really? Well, it's okay. We can make it more light. We can bounce as we talk. That's the fun. Okay. Um, three truths or three lessons that you want to share with the women out there that's listening. Three truths. Three lessons. Hmm. I think you just said the word truth. <laughs> One of my truths is about the word truth. Okay. which is the fact that the truth is never the truth. <laughs> truth okay. is objective. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody's truth doesn't mean that it's the truth, and just because you don't think it's the truth doesn't mean it's, it's the, the truth. Truth, 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 <laughs> But it's something along the lines of, like, there is no right, mm-hmm. and we're just all just trying to get better. Okay. Better is the key, not right. Okay. Truth is not the key. It's just somewhere closer to it. So truth is just the reality that you are living. And so going back to what I was just talking about with Unleash, it's like the people who are living a very different reality than I am or that you are have an element of truth that we might not recognize. And I think, yeah, like one of the things, one of my biggest lessons in life in general is just the fact that like we always try to get it right, but it's not ever going to be right because in somebody's mind, it's never going to be right and you can't please everybody and that's something that's really hard for me. I don't know if it's me as a woman who's extremely empathetic and who's very sensitive to the world and that feels like I'm, I'm one of those prior types that just feels like very emotional all the time. I'll be totally honest. And I think that has to do with me thinking that I need to be right or I have to be good or I have to, like, I'm an ethical fashion person. I can only buy ethical fashion. Oh, my God, and I can't because it's too expensive and now I'm wrong. Remembering that there's no right. Mm -hmm. It's just better. Just you getting better. I think that's one thing. Okay. Another thing is that, like, hugs should be, like, a necessity. (laughs) Like, if you haven't hugged somebody today, go find somebody to hug. Okay. I'm one of those... I'm just one of those people. I'm a hugger, like, big time. (laughs) And I think it really does something to your brain. When I first moved to Malaysia, I didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. I moved on my own. Mm -hmm. And for, I think, about, like, two months, I didn't hug anybody. Okay. It was a very dark space. (laughs) And I don't think anyone should ever be in that dark space. So definitely hug somebody at least once a day. Okay. Hug somebody at least once a day. Yeah. And I think another thing is what we, we kind of already talked about it, but I think another thing that's really a good lesson to me is that like we we have the power to change things. We've created the problem so we can change the problem. Like we've created such a big problem, so many problems around the world. But it's it's if we as a human race got to that point, that's pretty powerful. So we have the same power to reverse those things. Yeah. And so don't think that it's impossible because we got there in the first place. Okay. So retracing our steps is not hard. We know what the way is. We, we paved that road. So I think that's another thing is, is you know, don't, like, don't worry. It, it might sound really big, but it's, it's really not because we got here. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. I just, have, I just I wanted to ask you something. You know, um, it's like some people, sorry, some people think that, you know, that they're nobody and they, mm-hmm. they want to do something but they feel that they're nobody. I mean, what what advice or what would you say? As in, because it's hard for them that says yeah. that, 
like yeah do you eat sorry I would ask that person oh, okay. do you eat <laughs> okay do you wear clothes okay do you drink water okay do you go to the washroom you do if you do all of those things you're not nobody okay because you do all of those things you are part of a larger system okay. and if you're part of that system it means that you might be doing some harm to the planet but it also means that you are part of the system so you can change the system mm -hmm. if you eat you can choose what you want to eat mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you have to buy the super expensive yeah. tomatoes mm -hmm. it just means you can choose between yeah. the beef or the no beef um, if you buy clothes you can decide to ask your neighbor if they have any spare t-shirts before buying a new one mm -hmm. I mean you are part of the solution just by eating drinking going to the washroom all of that you are not nobody at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if okay. you think you are, please email me. <laughs> I, will, I will love to have this conversation. <laughs> yes. Okay. 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 Five seconds fun. Okay, you have five seconds. I feel stressed already. <laughs> okay, go. Five okay, seconds. Okay. Um, I'm trying to see whether I should give you a, a tough one on the Oh man, go easy on me. <laughs> okay, five seconds. What would you, what, what would you do? I mean, I don't know whether you would do theater if you're not doing this. Mm, okay, okay, I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. What would you? <laughs> what would I do if I wasn't yes, doing this? Five seconds. What and what you mean by this? As in, no, like, as in, as in your, interviewing with you? No, no, interviewing with me. As in the fresh, I like. Oh. Your, okay. No, 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 okay, maybe no, no. It'll be too easy for you because I, I think you okay. this. You think I contemplate this too much? <laughs> Every morning when I have a fudge this moment, I would be doing this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah probably true. <laughs> okay, um, where. Where. Where in this world would you want to be at this if you're not here in Singapore? What would you do? I would be back home in Montreal because my family is there, okay. and I would want to hug them. Do you, you miss? Do you miss? Do you miss? Oh, them? all the time, every day. Okay. There, I don't think there's a period. There might be periods of one hour that goes by where I don't think about them, but I think about them all the time. Okay. Yeah. When I talked about human connection, I learned that from my parents. Oh. They're the human connection type. Okay. So they are okay. So they hug us too. Oh yes. <laughs> Oh yes, big time. And Skype does not do them justice, okay. so I would be back in Montreal. Yeah. Okay. yeah. okay, is it hard for you to be here? I mean, doing the things that you, that you feel very strongly about? And then yeah, I think there's a time and a, and a place to do them, and I think that time is here and now for me. So and fine. it won't be like that forever. And I know that I kind of have like a timer on it, a personal timer. I'm just feeling like eventually I'm really, really going to miss them to the point where I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. Um, but it, but that's okay. Like I, I, It's one of those things where I know that it's worth it right now, and they remind me that it's worth it. If they didn't remind me, mm -hmm. if, they, if my mom called me every day and like begged me to come home, yeah. I don't know if I can do it. But my mom calls me every day and goes, oh my god, this is awesome, I want to come, I want to... I wanna, I want to do it with you and all of this. Okay. Also, can you come home? <laughs> but, but like, not, you know, okay. the first thing she says is not that. I think that really helps. Okay, so you're super supportive. You. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. I'm very, very lucky in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what is your definition of legacy? 
legacy. Your legacy. I don't know what my legacy is, but I think legacy is just about like the small things that you do every day, like the hugging or like the things, those types of things. It's not the big, huge things. And I'm learning that more and more that it's not about the big things. Um, and yeah, the way I remember people and their legacies, I guess, is just in the conversations and the interactions and the way that they made me feel. That to me is like legacy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not good at remembering the really big things. <laughs> I go to cocktail parties and I'm like, and what did you do again? <laughs> what do you? Oh, you're Barack Obama. Oh no, I'm kidding. I've never met him. But in the sense that, yeah, it's just the feeling I get from people. Okay. That feels legacy building. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're very, you're very hot. H e a r t person. Oh, I am. Yes, yeah. I wear it on my sleeve. I'm not wearing sleeves, <laughs> but I wear the heart on the sleeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That was fun. Those are fun questions. Yeah, but I think it's a, it's a bit tough because you really got to think about it. That's right. No one really think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How can we How can we support you? Where can we find you? Your Instagram, mm. your Facebook, Twitter, yeah. all the projects that you're doing. I feel like I never jumped on the Twitter bandwagon, <laughs> but but so don't follow me on Twitter. I think the last tweet tweet I did yeah. was like 2012 or something. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very embarrassing. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. Okay. Uh, you can follow me. You can find me on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, you can follow me on email. You can send me an email the good old-fashioned way. Okay. You can write me a letter. No, I mean, e- yeah, email, in- Instagram. Okay. Any projects good. coming along that we can check out? Yeah, well, you should check out Clothing the Loop. Um, clothing, clothing the, the Loop. loop. Okay. Yeah. That's, so that's the project I did in Cambodia where, okay. uh, along with this fabulous artist, photographer, guy named... Von Wong, we built these huge installations made out of clothing, okay. and they represent Mother Earth. Okay. And so, hopefully, there'll be more projects like that. Okay. Um, so definitely check out Clothing the Loop. Clothing the Loop. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and if you're in Singapore and you want to collaborate mm-hmm. on anything that has to do with anything like this, I'm an, I, I'm an open book. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. For I mean, <laughs> thank today, you. today was really was really interesting. I'm very grateful that we connected at the... Uh, well, we didn't connect, we were just like, hey, something, but yeah, something about you just... I'm really happy you followed up. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, and thanks for your poignant questions. It was a nice reflection for me, too. Okay. Yeah, that's really great. Thank you. Women Power Unite. Yeah.